mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, God's Thoughts Concerning You. His scripture text will be taken from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. Here now... Pastor Moody. We want to go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to just get into a message and share a thought with you today, and I pray that it'll be a blessing to you. Father, we come in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, uh, for all your love and goodness. We thank you for everyone that watches us, uh, people, Lord, in other states, even in other countries, other cities that have been hearing and watching the programs, and we just give you praise for that, those that visit our Facebook, and sometimes weekly that's up into the thousands of people that are there watching and, and hearing the Word of God, and we pray that it'll touch their lives again tonight. Speak through us as you speak to us, and God will give you praise. Heal the sick, save the lost, Lord, fill the hungry, reach out and meet the needs of every person tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. I preached this uh, from this thought Sunday morning in the 9 o'clock service, and I just felt to carry that over uh, for Wednesday night and talk to you a few moments. And I want to talk to you about a thought of God's thoughts concerning you. God's thoughts concerning you. And uh, I want to use probably a real familiar scripture, Jeremiah 29 and 11. This is what God said to Israel at a time when they were being carried away captive, amen, to Babylon. He said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. In other words, God said, I've determined a good place that I'm going to bring you to. Amen. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, thoughts of bringing you to an expected end. God, add your blessing to uh, your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we as Christians understand that God has a plan for our lives. He is determined some things concerning us. The Bible said, can I tell you if you're watching me tonight, even if you're not a Christian, that the, the word of God says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All should Come to Christ. The Bible said that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God has made provision for the world to be saved. No matter who you are, how far you've gone, how far you may feel you have fallen, how how utterly hopeless your situation may seem, I want to tell you that God, amen, is able to turn things around. The Bible said we know that all things Work together for good for them that love God, who are called according to his purpose. God had raised up Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and caused him to judge the nations because of their idolatry, their pagan ideas of worship. They worshiped the Baals, the Ashtoreths. They they sacrificed children to these pagan gods. 
They brought curses upon the land because of their sin. So God raised up Nebuchadnezzar and allowed him to conquer much of the known world at that time to include Israel because they had failed God. He had spoke to Jeremiah the prophet and said there would be 70 years of this, of this being in bondage and of this oppression. A prophet had came in and prophesied that God was going to break the oppression, that he was going to turn things around. And he did this in the temple right in front of Jeremiah the prophet and the priest and the others and filled their hearts with hope, including Jeremiah. Jeremiah thought, oh, I would to God that this were true. But before the men got hardly out of the building, God stopped him or stopped Jeremiah and sent him back and said, the Lord didn't say that. What you said was a lie. This 70 years has been determined upon God's people for this judgment. And because you've lied and said God said it when he didn't say it, his name was Hananiah, he said, the Lord said that you're going to die. And the scripture says a little bit later on, amen, that that same year this false prophet died. I want to tell you that you and I need to understand that God is a God who has planned good things concerning not just us, but all of us. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, it said, but as it is written, the eye is not seen, nor the ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. You know, so many people today miss the greatest relationship of life, and that's a relationship with God. Do you know, friend, that God loves you? I know that when you say things like this, people sometimes are skeptical and they don't really understand what that means. But let me tell you something. I heard a preacher say one time years ago, he said, you know, it doesn't matter so much what people say about you. What matters is who says it. You know, a lot of people can predict great things for you or say great glowing things about you. But what matters is how God feels about you. And this is a God of heaven who created everything. The Bible says that God is love. Doesn't just mean he has love or, or demonstrates love. He is love. God's heart, this, this love that, that uh, we know as agape love is unconditional. It, it never changes. It's without dissimulation. God doesn't love one more than he loves the other. God loves us all. For in the scripture said that even while we were yet sinners, amen, God knew eternity. While we, before we ever came to the Lord or thought about him, Christ 2,000 years ago or longer died on a cross for us just because of God's love. And when I start thinking about God's love, I want to tell you that God's promises gives us hope. And hope makes not ashamed. God was saying to Israel when he said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. You may look at your situation and say it's hopeless. But God said, I want to tell you, I'm going to elevate your expectations. I want to tell you today that some of you have got situations in your family that are critical right now. Some of you have situations as a result of drug addiction, maybe in the parents or in the children or in both. Some of you that have situations as a result of unfaithfulness are things that have happened to break apart the marriage and to break the home up. And you don't know what, what's going to become of you. Sometimes we get to the place where we're in such despair that, and maybe suicidal thoughts have filled your mind. 
and you don't know how to deal with your situation. But I've come to tell you that God says, I want to elevate your expectations. I, I want you to know that I'm thinking about you. I want you to know that I have a plan for you. Amen. That I want you to know that I am going to do something that gives you hope. And the scripture says that hope makes not ashamed. And you might say, well, I just don't see it that way. And that's our problem is our vision. Jesus said this. He said, the eye is the light of the body, the eye gate, what you see. Amen. And he said, if the eye is single or pure, if it's focused on the right thing, how great is the light in that body? But listen, friend, if all you're looking at is the negative things that have happened, and if you're worried about what's happened in the past and what it's done to you and where you might see yourself right now, I want to tell you, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 12. He said, for now we see through a glass darkly, in other words, a clouded glass, but one day we're going to see face to face when we see the Lord. Now I know in part, but then I shall, shall I know even also as I am known. God's going to reveal to us what he intended for us all along. And the good news is you don't have to wait to eternity to see the goodness of God. I want to tell you that right now you need a Savior. Amen. Right now you need a healer. Right now you need a deliverer. Right now you need a God that can move in your family. Listen, one place the scripture said, we can do no business from a grave. After we're dead and gone, then it's too late to do anything about eternity. But now you can come to give your heart to God. Our vision has to be changed that we're looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. God intentionally sometimes withholds spiritual knowledge from us. He wants us to desire it, to begin to seek after him. Amen. He wants us to begin to pray. God said, when you seek after me with your whole heart, I'll be found with you. Jesus, the Bible said, at times spoke in parables or illustrated stories. Amen. The parable of the sower where he said some, uh, a sower went out and sowed seed and some fell by the wayside and, and the fowls of the air devoured it up and, and some fell on stony ground and, and started to grow but because it had no root, the sun come up and it withered and died and then some fell among the thorns, the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of the world and it choked the life out of the seed, talking about the word of God. But then he said some of it fell on good ground, prepared hearts, people who were hungry for it and it began to bear fruit unto righteousness. And so Jesus spoke in parables because he wanted his disciples to know the truth, but not those of the world at that time. He, he didn't want them to grasp it because their hour wasn't yet. He was going to use the church to spread the gospel after his death, burial, and resurrection. In John 13 and 7, Jesus said this. He answered and said unto this person, uh, what I do now you know not, but you will know hereafter. In John 16 and 12, the scripture says this, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot handle them right now. <clears throat> Sometimes God doesn't show us things because we're not ready for it. He said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit has come, 
He'll guide you into truth. Listen, friend, if you give your heart to Jesus, here's what a lot of people don't understand about salvation. Salvation's not just a, you know, just an experience where you go to the altar and you surrender to God and you get saved. God writes your name in a book. But salvation is the beginning of a relationship with God because Jesus here is talking about the Holy Spirit. Once you're saved, he comes and lives inside of you. When he, when he the Spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. God will guide your life step by step and let you know exactly what God has planned for you. What's wrong with most of the world today is that Satan, the devil, the wicked one, has come along and deceived them and hid the truth from them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 3, Paul was writing to that church at Corinth and he said, I'm afraid, I fear, lest by any means as the serpent, the devil, beguiled or tricked Eve in the garden through his subtilities, through his sneakiness. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Some people have so confused what it means to serve God and to be a part of the church that people look at it and scratch their heads. But I want to tell you the simplicity is this. We were sinners, all of us. And Jesus died to save us, all of us. And those of us who surrendered to him, he forgave us, all of us, thank God, and put his Holy Spirit in us. And he's guiding us, amen, to that place that God wants us to be. Listen, I'm not perfect, but can I tell you what I was 42 years ago when I got saved? I'm not that anymore. I've progressed, I've grown in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Am I perfect? No, but I'm working towards that. I'm growing in grace, I'm growing in knowledge. And by the time God's done with me, he said, I'm gonna bring you to an expected end. Folk, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be a lot better then than I am now. I'm a lot better now than I was way back there that 42 years ago. Not that I'm self-righteous, no. I've been guided by the Holy Spirit and the Lord has forgiven me of my sins and has changed my life. Amen. So we need to be careful of Satan's deception. One thing I want you to know about also is this, that God's plan for us is such a good plan. I want to tell you, somebody said the best laid plans of mice and men often amount to naught. But the plans of God are perfect. They never fail. God said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you in Psalms 139, verse 17. He says, the psalmist said, how precious also are your thoughts unto me. You know, oh God, how great is the sum of them. I was thinking about this when, when Jesus' friend Lazarus had died and his two sisters were left alone and Jesus came and Lazarus had been dead four days and they had buried him. And, uh, you know, the Jewish tradition was they thought when a person died that the spirit of that person lingered for at least, you know, for three days. And then after that, they were gone on either to paradise or to torment. And so they thought it was too late. So Jesus comes four days late. Four days later, he's a day late in their way of thinking. But Jesus comes and those sisters in their natural minds they knew he was a healer. They knew he'd raised, that he could heal the sick, that he could do anything, and that he had raised the dead. And they said, Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Listen to people's thoughts. And uh, Jesus said, well, your brother's gonna live again. They said, we know. 
He'll live in the resurrection out there in the future somewheres. Uh, somewheres uh, in other words, is what they were thinking. But Jesus said to them, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't say, I was the resurrection four days ago before he died. He didn't say, I will be the resurrection out there in the future somewhere in a couple of thousand years. He said, right now, today, I am the resurrection. He that lives in me and believes in me will never die. And though he were dead, yet shall he live. And they said, then he said, do you believe this? And they said, Lord, we believe you can do anything. And he said, show me where you've laid him. And then he said, roll the stone away. Again, human thoughts. They said, Lord, by now he stinks. You know, he's been dead for days now. But Jesus said, roll the stone away. And he called him by name. And Lazarus, amen, came out of there alive. God's thoughts concerning you are so far above what you can imagine. I've heard people say, oh, when people get hooked on heroin, they get on meth and these other things, there's no hope for them. The other night I had, uh, had dinner with a young man who was a meth addict for 15 years, or he said for 10 years is what somebody said, introduced me to him. And uh, he said, well, we don't really know, he said, because I can't remember a, a great part of my life. He said, my dealer said it was 15 years that he was on meth and he got saved and got delivered. And then he said his dealer got saved. Are you hearing me? God can do anything. And uh, I know people that, that have overdosed on heroin and they gave them up and God brought them back and they're alive today and they're free and clear from drugs. I know people whose lives have been ruined and wrecked by alcohol, but today they're sober. This God, his ways are so much higher than ours. Hallelujah. And uh, he said in Psalm, uh, again, 139, 17, how precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God, and how concerning me, and oh, how great is, thy, is the sum of them. Isaiah 55 and 9, God said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts are far above your thoughts. I want to tell you that God is thinking about you today. God cares about your situation today. He cares about your circumstances today. And I know that sounds abject. That sounds a long way off because when we say God loves you, people think of God being a million miles away on a throne. But listen, God is a spirit as well. And he's here right now. He's in us and among us. And not only does God think about you and care about you, but so does this church. So does this preacher. So do believers in Christ. We, we're like the Father. We're not willing that any of you would be lost. It doesn't give us any pleasure to see people suffering the consequences of our sins. Amen. Can I tell you something? I, I, I know people have the idea to say, well, they deserve what they get. Listen, I'm glad God doesn't give us what we deserve. Are you hearing me? God's grace and mercy are great elements. Amen. I want to tell you, his grace allows us to, uh, I mean, to have what we don't deserve, and that's salvation. His mercy keeps us from what we do deserve, and that's everlasting punishment. And I want to tell you that we, we think about you. We pray for you. That's why we're on this live stream program preaching these messages. That's why we're doing all the outreach that we possibly can do. That's why we send funds to missionaries around the world trying to help preach the gospel to those who have no hope without it. And I want to tell you, friend, today, no matter how bad things are or how your life may have deteriorated, 
Just think back about when you were younger, no matter what your age might be or what you thought you had plans you were going to do with your life. And it may be 40 years later now and your life's a mess. Or it may be a year later now and your life's a mess. Or it may be your life's tore up because of something that just happened to you recently. Well, I want to tell you, God's thinking about you. And God has plans concerning you. And God will come to you in your trouble. Amen. Jesus said he came to save us from our sins, not in our sins. Amen. He wants to deliver you. He said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. But he said, don't be afraid because I've overcame the world. I'd like to tell you that the world is going to get better and things are going to turn around. But according to the Bible, in this end time, things are going to get worse and worse for the world. But those who come to Christ... God offers you salvation, my friend. He offers you forgiveness of sin. He offers you peace that passes understanding. God offers you a way of righteousness, a path that you can walk upon, that you can find yourself on your way to heaven. We used to sing an old song, I'm on my way to heaven, and the journey is getting sweeter every day. I've found that the Lord, amen, is very merciful. He's not willing that any of us should perish. If you mess up, the Bible said in, in, in 1 John chapter 2, he said, little children, I write to you that you sin not. Talking about Christians. But he said, if you do, if you mess up, if you fail, and we do at times. He said, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who's the propitiation, which means he's there to offer redemption for us, to pay for our sins. And, and the scripture said, if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of his son cleanses us from all unrighteousness. If, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us. Listen, wash us clean from all unrighteousness. Can I challenge you today, no matter what your situation is, will you turn your heart to Jesus? Will you look to the Christ and say, Lord, hear this. Just say this to him. Say, Lord Jesus, I have sinned. I have messed up. I am an addict. I am in trouble. Whatever your case may be, you might say, Lord, I've disappointed my family. I've disappointed my, my parents. Or you might be a parent saying, I've disappointed my children. But what you need to say is, God, I've disappointed you. I've failed and I'm sorry. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross of Calvary. I believe they buried him and he rose the third day. And he's alive right now. Jesus, I put my faith in you as my savior. Come into my heart. That's all you need to say. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, forgive me. And God will do that. God's thoughts concerning you, friend, are thoughts to bring you to heaven one day. You know, Paul said this. If all we have in this is, is hope in this life only, while we're of all men most miserable. But I want to tell you, Paul, amen, went to the end of his life, and they, they killed Paul for preaching in Rome, in Nero's prison. They took him to that Nemetine, out of that Nemetine prison to that chalk block and cut off his head. And just before they took Paul, he wrote his last letter, and he wrote to his young protege that he had raised up and trained up. He called him his son in the faith. His name was Timothy. And he said, Timothy, I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. The time of my departure is at hand. They're about to take my life. But he said, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me. And not for me only, but for all those who love his appearing, those who are ready. God's plan is for you to have assurance 
that your sins are forgiven. If you prayed that prayer, will you reach out to us? Will you message us on Facebook or call us here at 859-623-8922 and say, Pastor Moody, I gave my heart to God. I rededicated my life to Christ. And you can come to church this Sunday. We're having baptism. We'll baptize you and get you on the right road on your way to heaven. Reach out to us. Friend, we love you. God's thoughts toward you are good thoughts. He's not angry with you. He's not waiting to just to, you know, knock you in the head and throw you into hell. He's ready to save you if you give your life to Jesus today. This Brother Moody, we love you. Go with God. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Go in the grace of God and may the Lord bless you is our prayer. And said hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.